Hey girls, uh, what are you doing with my iPod? What, what are you listening to? It's just one of your podcasts. Oh, uh, which one are you listening to? Apotheophyth of a bum bath. Apotheophyth of a bum bath, eh? Um, are you enjoying it? Well, I like Scott, but we don't reckon much to Elton. Hi, this is Ross from the Creeper of Armstrong podcast. You're listening to the Apotheosis of a Bombast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 35 of an Apotheosis of a Bombast. As always, your two hosts are myself, Scott Copperman, and from across the Atlantic, Mr. Elton McManus. Bonjour. <laughs> so we are here to present to you... Uh, our usual bit of fun and and uh, frolicking, fun. <laughs> fun and frolic. That's right. So it's been a little while. Uh, have you been busy, Elton? Anything exciting going on where you are? Um, lots of weird things happening. I've, I've been very busy. Uh, this podcast is coming out a wee bit late, but that was because I was on night call. So I've been stressed with driving all over East Anglia, keeping everyone happy at the moment, but. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, I think we were going to record last week, and it came to recording, and I turned around and messaged you that I couldn't record. Now, the reason for this, I haven't told you this yet, um, that lunchtime, I think it was a Tuesday, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, that lunchtime, I I got chips and tabloid. <laughs> it's a bit naughty, but... I don't hardly, I hardly ever get chips and tabloid when I'm out working. I haven't done it for years, to be honest. And why is it whenever you've got something really hot in your hand and it's food, you tend to put it in your mouth? I, I don't understand it. It's, you pick it up, it's like, ow, 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 oh, that's hot. And you throw it in your mouth as if that's the best place to put it. Why not just put it down? But I, <laughs> I, I did that and the chip that I was eating, it sort of burst and went all over the back of my throat. Oh, God. And burnt the back of my throat and burnt my tonsils. And I've had loads of tonsillitis in my lifetime. And it made my tonsils swell up. And it felt like I had tonsillitis. So I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing anything. I feel <laughs> sick. So I'm, I'm going to lay down now. But wow. I, I don't understand. I'm sure it's been said many times on lots of other radio stations. You know, why do you put hot stuff in your mouth? But... I did it. What a prat. It's true, though. You use, you'll use that mouth as a third hand for lots of things. You know, pencil goes in the mouth. or Yeah. yeah a lot of things don't really matter, but most of them are not really suited to go in your mouth. <laughs> How many times do you put hot tea or hot drink in your mouth and go, oh, oh, or hot yeah. food, and you don't want to spit it back out on your plate because that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, you sit there waving your hand over your mouth going, oh. Oh. Lips closed, mouth as wide as it can be with the mouth closed, yeah. exhaling that little steam. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But no one ever thinks, you know, just spit it out. Yeah. So, yeah, all, <laughs> all self-induced, I'm afraid. But I was fine, like, two days later. But, yeah, that really hurt. And I also found out I'm not the only fruitcake on Twitter as well. Have you ever... Have you got... you got central locking on your car, haven't you? Yes. Now... I think the battery in my uh, my key is uh, going flat because I, I'm finding I'm having to press the button harder 
to lock the car. I don't stand close to the car. Mm-hmm. I stand the same distance, but I press the button harder just to make sure the door's locked properly. <laughs> and I think everyone does it. I I stuck it out on Twitter, and a load of people came back saying, well, yeah, I, I do that on my car, or they do that on their TV remote control when the battery's going flat. They don't change the batteries. They just press the buttons harder, <laughs> as if that's going to change anything. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only fruitcake out there. Yeah, it's true. It was, do you remember the old Atari controllers? The little, the original joystick. It had the little red button and a little square. Yeah, yeah. So it would come up, and everybody would use them. You'd have to go a lot of games left, right, left, right, or whatever, and it would ruin the touch pads or the sensors underneath. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to like, a running game. And you have to. Go, yeah, left, right, right left, right. Yeah. As fast as you could, and then eventually, I don't know if you were breaking some sort of bubble or if the things were bending or what, but eventually they became not sensitive enough. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. You go harder to the left and harder to the right, and just make it worse. But it's the same same mentality. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Nowadays, people use socks on their hands to do that sort of thing. With the PlayStation and Xbox controllers, uh, you don't wiggle sticks left or right anymore. You uh, stab buttons like A and B or X and Square, and you go like that. Yeah. But the cheaty way is put a sock on your hand and waggle it in between. Ah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I do remember in the old arcade games, there used to be the track in Konami track and field. Yeah. And you'd sit there and you'd go left, right, left, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to as fast as you can. And my dad was a drummer. So, like, he could just bang it out real quick. Mm. He would do, like, one finger, one finger. But if um, when I played with my friends, the thing was you would slap it back and forth. And eventually people tried to do little things where they would put their hand across both buttons and go back and forth kind of rocking yeah but you get to some arcades and they'd have like a raised edge around the button so only so you couldn't do that right only head on was was it clear so maybe like two finger width but then it was like a semicircle arc around the back like a wall yeah so that if you hit you would be probably because people were breaking the games rubbish but, yeah that was that was pretty and then that was the big thing that certain places had that, and you didn't want to play there. You wanted to go other places. Yeah. Didn't. <laughs> I remember that Konami track and field. That was great. Oh yeah. That was uh the, if you race someone, uh, there'll be a track below, track above, and then you have the the crappy crowd at the back, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And you have to go as they run along, and then you'd have to press another button if you're doing hurdles. Or you have to press another button. Yeah, it was to like do the one, two, hit, one, two, jump. hit. Yeah, you had to find a rhythm. <laughs> I used or to like love that game. Shot put, it would like go, or it was a hammer throw probably, but you'd go around slow, slow, then faster, faster, yeah. faster, and then you'd have to hit the button release and it, into the cage. Now, I would contend that that game is probably. Let's see if I can phrase this the right way. I know there's shooter games, there's. There's all different types of, all different genres of games. But mm-hmm. when you think of games that go way back to the 80s and are still still in essentially the same form, and the graphics might be slightly better, but I remember having a Bruce Jenner version of that game for my computer. I just, uh, probably a couple of years ago, got like the Sydney Olympics game. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically the same thing. Uh it's always the same thing, you know, some sort of alternating key for running. And it was a collection of, you know, seven to 10 events. It might be a heptathlon or whatever. Sometimes they mix in 
different events, but it's basically always a, some sort of pure race, a jump or a throw, which involves building up speed. Yeah. And then holding for an angle of release. And, uh, you know, the things that they make now, the graphics are much better, but a lot of them are basically that same, I guess, engine is the right way to put it. Yeah, it's the same premise of hit the buttons as quickly as you, as you can. Mm-hmm. And get to from point A to point B as quickly or as far as you can in the quickest right. time. But if you think of other games from like you know Missile Command, Space Invaders, Asteroids, I mean they they're not they, there isn't a current version of that, or there hasn't for the thirty years basically been the same game. What like these scrolling games? Right, like well, like um, like Space Invaders was. You would think, um, how can I put it? I can see evolutions of that. There was a game, Gyrus. There were other games where uh, what happened above you was more sophisticated, and maybe it went a little bit farther left and right, and you had different weapons, and you could do different things. But essentially, it was an, an army coming towards you, and by by moving left and right, you had to eliminate all the oncoming forces. Mm-hmm. But I don't think for 30 years straight there's been a a form of that game that that was popular. I mean, all there might be is like a retro version of Space Invaders. I don't think there is. A, if you go to an arcade now, you'll find something like the old Decathlon games. I find you know. if you go to an arcade, it's more about the actual console itself, whether it's got a steering wheel or a gun or something along them lines. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, think they brought out a new Afterburner, which is... From late eighties, right, maybe early nineties games, but then you like st- a rumble stick, you would uh, you, you would feel the turbulence or something if you yeah. were hit. Or, yeah, but now they stick you in a ball like a like a gerbil, mm-hmm. and you roll around doing loop the loops and everything. But it's more about watching someone inside it doing it and feeling yeah. the physical force than actually the graphics on the screen or anything like that. Yeah. Granted. The graphics are just eye candy at the end of the day, aren't they? Yeah. Well, the new thing seems to be that pattern repetition, whether it's the Dance Dance Revolution or Guitar Hero or um, the Raymond's Rabbids games, where they sit there and they show you something on the screen and you have to, in rhythm, be able to duplicate a series of motions. Yeah. Have you seen them Dance Revolution games? Uh, The arcade games I've seen. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever seen anyone really good on it? Because we've yep. been down to Trocadero a couple of times, and the people on there, they're just mental. I've God seen knows people how doing do the dance for it off the machine. Like, whatever it is, it's, they were sitting there doing it to some... Like, someone must have been playing the same music, and they were doing yeah. uh, the dance outside. But Wow. That's a lot of energy. And you know those people are fa- failing school... Um, behind on their mortgage payments, you know they forget <laughs> birthdays all the time. But they can tell you the seventeenth sequence of, you know, oh no, it's right, right, kick, right, right, left, up. Yeah, they wouldn't miss a beat at all, would they? Yeah. Them people are wicked. I'm paying for them to sit at home and <laughs> pick their nose. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> well, I had uh, some interesting things happen here. On, on, should I start with good or? It all ended up okay, but would you like to know the bizarre or the positive first? Let's go positive, and then okay. let's end up bizarre. All right. Well, positive. You know, my son's been playing um, roller hockey, uh, which 
he didn't know really how to skate very well, so we did kind of like crash course skating. It turns out one of the teachers from his school, um, it, like a grade up, uh, is actually someone who works at the skating rink, and he was was given private lessons. And for my son, who who was for a while really outgoing, then kind of withdrew a little bit. It, it was really good. He was bringing out all good things in him, and he, kid was beaming all the time when he was at. Um, at the skating lessons and then at the hockey, mm-hmm. but roller hockey is very much all about how you can skate. You could be the worst hockey player at all, but if you can just go circles around everybody else, you're, you're going to star. It's not like soccer or anything, or like hockey should be where you pass back and forth and you set things up. It's all one on five, basically <laughs> yeah. showboating. So he went through uh, the first eight or nine games, eight or nine weeks and, you know, he was he was the smallest kid, the worst skater, but everybody cheered for him because he was like uh, <laughs> the underdog. Yeah. But then the last couple weeks of the season, he started to to be in the right place, doing the right things, take some more chances. But um, the team just didn't really trust him. The coach was fine, but you could tell kids would not pass to him and and take a bad shot when he was right there because they just they'd seen him make mistakes before. But he ended up. Um, having like a real nice run at the end and, and his team went to the championship round and he had uh, uh, two goals and an assist in one game and then he had a goal and two assists in the championship game and his team won and like it was you could just see he was like beaming he was so excited and then he went to his outdoor hockey which is going to suck because it's freezing cold <laughs> but yeah. he went to that and I'm thinking oh you know Gee, ended on this high. It's going to kind of be tough to go out to this this other thing where he's kind of average, and um, not knowing anything about what happened with roller hockey, the coach was watching him practice and all. And he's like, "Yeah, I can tell you, you're really into all this, Jay." So he asked him to be like an assistant captain for the team, which doesn't really mean much when you're in fourth grade. But that's yeah, still um, cool, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just real happy for him, real proud of him, and and again, for it's the weirdest thing. He was probably like two or th- I'd say two or three years ago, he was someone we were almost worried he'd be like the class clown because he was always like really outgoing and, and talkative. And he did uh, drama and he was talking about wanting to be in the high school play when he was older and and all kinds of stuff. And then somewhere it just he just got quiet and, and cautious. And um, I'm not really sure what what's behind all that, but it's kind of cool to see this all kind of coming out for him. So mm. if you're watching on Twitter, you might see the occasional like proud father kind of cool. Like, woohoo. Um, you have to stick oh. them on though. I've stuck them on as well. And I know no one really knows what I'm on about, but no, but, and then, and then, uh, as we start to shift in another direction here. So my daughter has been doing this gymnastic stuff, which, um, I used to think it was like, I loved the gym she went to. I thought the coaches had the, great thing i might have mentioned before the very first thing they taught the kids was what to do when you're not doing anything yep you know i'm not giving you something to do you stand just like this you don't i thought it was the perfect message to send and and it was going pretty good and she was slowly working her way up the ranks she was definitely toward the back of the of the program but um it was fine we had certain expectations and she was fine and the coach was fine with it and all and she was happy and then the owners secretly sold the gym which is that's their right. They don't have to tell everybody. Okay. But just as she was moving up to the next level, uh, the owner sold, 
and her coach was the owner's daughter, so she left. And there was this new guy, um, and and it just was different. Um, which it was fine. There was a lot of new information, but it was just different. And he was a lot more. Uh, you know how when you go someplace like in college here, a lot of times they say, you know, thirty three percent of the people uh, <laughs> in the schools drop out after the first year. So look to your left, look to your right. One of the three of you is not going to be here next year. Yeah. They kind of really cut to the chase. Well, he was that kind of that way. Like, well, there's nine girls in that level. And typically there's only about three or four who are competing when they're 12. So I, I'm going to try to find out who those three or four are as quick as I can. Yeah. And I could see she was kind of even farther falling behind and being left behind. But she said she liked it. But this new level and this new setup it was like four times as much as it was last year, money-wise. Uh, I'll say it was basically, it, it could have been a car payment every month, as my wife pointed out repeatedly. And <laughs> and we knew, we knew this wasn't like, she's not going to Olympics. She's probably not even going to do it when she's much older, but she's active. Uh, there's a lot of girls there, real nice, good role models. We thought it was a real good thing for her to do, but and she had no interest in anything else. So we're like, oh, okay, here's the check. Just yeah. take care of it. And, but we knew it was just not right. So luckily, um, where we live, they have a swim team. In fact, that the elementary school, the little kids, their school has a swimming pool. And they get swimming lessons as part of gym class. Okay. And uh, she knows how to swim already anyway, but she was kind of found out about the team. She found one or two of her friends around the team. And, and – I, I don't know, maybe it'll turn out down the road to turn into that same kind of hardcore expensive thing, but so far this has been a nice shift right in time for the holidays of a lot less money, much better schedule, uh, yeah, a lot more realistic people involved. <laughs> you, know, you can get that car that, that you wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or just, just not feel like I'm buying a car. Yeah. But so that was kind of cool too, but that was there was a real stressful kind of behind the scenes things here is watching the bank account go down and down. And I, for me, what I kept saying to my wife was I didn't want money to be a reason that she couldn't do it. I wanted, you you just, you want that for your kid. You want to be able to give them anything they want and, or at least the things that you feel are important and good for them. You hate to, to have to take that away. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, so I was kind of like, you know, she really wants to do this. We should find a way to make it all work out. And, all. and then <laughs> on the kicker part of that was like her when she started to kind of be like, yeah, it's it's not as much fun. Then you, you don't want to put the idea in her head. <laughs> no, because so then it's downhill but, from there. Yeah. So that was a tough thing. It was, as a parent, that was, it was a real tough spot to be. So I was pleased with how that all worked out. What a punk but, for putting up the price, though, that much. Oh, it was It was – well, it, part of it was moving up in level. It costs more money because you're now on on a different set of practice hours and you're working with different coaches and all. But it was a drop of a hat transition. So it went from like May being, let's say, $150 to June was $320. And mm-hmm. oh, and by the way, you have to pay this fee. And oh, you have to join this association. And you're responsible for $400 of fundraising and, you know. It was just, it was run in a way that <laughs> caught you off guard. Yeah. So somewhere, this is where I'm getting to with all this. Somewhere 
along the line, there was, um, you know, a lot of people, when they pay their mortgage on their house, they pay their property taxes also. Where we live, our property taxes are about the price of a new car every year. Um, it's probably, I'd say close to $1,000 a, a month mm -hmm. is proper, just, just taxes. Yeah, just for uh, having, for living yeah. in a certain area. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we pay those separately than our mortgage, and we pay every quarter. So in May, there's this bill due, and I paid the bill, and this is right around the time of this transition, and, and also I'm thinking, hmm, it's due May 1st. You know, it's going to be in the mail. It's going to clear. I have a paycheck coming May 5th. I'm going to wait till the paycheck comes, and I'll pay the, the bill. So I do that. They get it on time, but they don't process it on time. So I end up having, what I'm, I think I'm late by like four days. Mm. So I get a letter saying, oh, you owe you know, 1%, which on thousands of dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, so I, I find my fault. So I send the, the whatever, $60 that I owe. And I get another letter. And this letter says, the first letter said you owe $61.32 as of May 30th. So I mail out that much money. I get another letter saying uh, you will owe $61.39 as of June 1st. Okay. Call lady up on the phone and I said, you know, I just mailed this check. You send another thing. She said, oh, don't worry about it. It's only like a five, six cent difference. I'll wipe it out when, when it comes in. Yeah. And I didn't think about it again. So the day before Thanksgiving, so we, everything's closed for the next four days, I get a letter in the mail saying my house is up for sale <laughs> because I'm six cents behind in my taxes. And the sale will be on March 10th, 2010. It's got all this stuff, all this paperwork. Um, Your and, house and I, is up for sale. Yeah. Where's my – I have it here, hand. Um Oh, here it is. <clears throat> Dear property owner, enclosed, please find a tax sale notice on the property owned by you. Our tax sale is scheduled for March 3rd, 2010. Our records indicate... Uh, let's skip ahead. You don't need to all this stuff here. Um, state law requires this tax sale to be published in the local newspaper. So in other words, we're going to humiliate you. Uh, once each of the first four weeks prior to the sale, and the property will be sold on the fifth week. Uh, delinquent charges listed on this tax sale notice must blah, blah, blah. Total amount owed six cents. Delinquent charges? 0 0.06. So, uh... Dude, if, if I'd known things were that bad, I could have lent you that money. <laughs> so I called, I, so I called, uh, you know, and even that, like, that wasn't an issue either. Like, it was not a problem at all. I had no idea about it. And, uh, I, but I couldn't talk to anybody for like four or five days. So Marianne was like, what, what is this? And I said, oh, I, I think I know what it is. Remember back then they did all the stuff and she's like, yeah, so fix it. <laughs> yeah. Fix it now. Like, I can't, I have to wait. So, and then like you and I have been talking off, off air. I wanted to leave a message and I wanted to say some things. And I was like, you know, I, Gonna have to say this very carefully. I'm not gonna call right away. I'm gonna think about it, mm -hmm. pick my words carefully. But so I did. I called, left a message, and and uh, it's like you know I spoke to someone, and I wish I was more organized. Somewhere I have the paper with her name, and she said this, and it was this, and 
I don't want to lose my house. But I, uh, I did get a, a call back on Monday from the lady saying it was a complete mistake. And that she was the one who was supposed to wipe out the six cents. Yeah. <laughs> back in June. It's like, but it's this big, scary red piece of paper. Big stamps all over it and all. Yeah, very official looking. Yeah. That is mental. And to clear the six cents, they wanted $40.62 to make it. That's what you would have had to pay for the six cents. What, the admin charge? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So, I mean, there's definitely a lesson to be learned there. Number one, you don't don't play around with little things like that. And it, it wasn't in any way like I needed to wait. It was just a matter of, like, comfort. You know, and and I was stupid to have taken that liberty, but yeah, but I paid my little late fee, and I thought it was all cleared up. And it's a slippery slope, though, when it's like each day I should have gone and paid in person. That's probably what I should have done because whatever was due the day I mailed it, it was continuing to accumulate like a penny a day or so beyond that. Yeah, now it's bizarre. <laughs> see, that's the problem with these Dodge Pop McDougal people on the end of the phone the, you have to clear it up there and then you have to get them to wipe it off as you're speaking to them you have to go right can you wipe it off the system yeah sure I'll do that after I've done these other files no you do it yeah. now please do it as I'm speaking to you so I know that I'm not going to get another letter saying you know, I owe this much from this much and well, you're, a- you're absolutely right because actually uh, you know they have Black Friday here where they have um a lot of sales after Thanksgiving. Right. So uh, Marianne and I bought a, a present for somebody. We bought um, uh, we bought a little electronic thing from – we bought it online and then realized we could get it somewhere else and not have to pay shipping. So I called up. I tried to cancel the order, went through everything online, didn't work. So I had to call customer service, and the guy said, oh, don't worry. I'll cancel it for you. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, you'll cancel it right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it came in the mail today. So yeah, he, that's didn't, happened. he didn't cancel the order, so I have to figure out how to get it back now. Yeah, there's a lot of people not doing their jobs out there, isn't there? No. I'm sure there's been news stories about that as well. I'm sure. There's been loads of news stories. I'm pretty sure British Gas sent my dad a uh, a statement saying that you, you owe us zero pounds and zero pence. <laughs> and... My dad was like, okay, what do I do? Do I leave it or do I do something about it? Because somewhere along the line, they're actually going to probably charge him for sending out the letter. So he phoned him up and said, I've got a letter through saying I owe you nothing. <laughs> they went, okay, why are you phoning us? Well, I'm just making sure, just in case you actually you know, sting me in the ass later on, you know, somewhere down the line. Yeah, well, that's a rounded nothing. It's actually 0.004, which will accumulate. Yeah. In 60 years' time, I'll have a huge debt that I have to pay off that I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Tossers. You're listening to An Apotheosis of a Bombast. Can we mention uh, uh, Stud Farm's email, please? Sure. This, this was straight after... We recorded our last pro uh, show. I can't remember if it was to do with our last show. I think it was. But he's he sent us an email. Uh, Farm from Twitter or uh, Anthony off the Scuttercast. He sent us an email. And it's a huge email. 
it covers two pages. Let's put it like that. He said it hurt his hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fine. What was he doing I, before? I have no soul. I have no uh, no qualms about that. No, no. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, thank you very much for sending it to us. It's a huge story about... Um, we were talking about uh, the robbers that got shot, I think it was, mm-hmm. last time around. And he sent us a story. I won't read it word for word because I'll cock it up somewhere along the line. But it's a great story. I'm sure there's some way of posting it onto the onto the, the front page. But if I can't, yeah, we can, we can we'll sort something out it. anyway. Mm-hmm. But the, the story basically goes, he had a friend and he, his friend found someone breaking into a lockup that he was using. He was a known drug addict. I think he, he grabbed him and had two dogs stand guard on him. And the, the druggie was sitting there going, oh, don't set the dogs on me. And then he threatened to set him alight with petrol. Something along them lines. <laughs> but he, he wasn't going to set him alight with petrol. He, he had a, a can of petrol. It had no petrol in it. And he told his missus, fetch the matches. And it, it was just too much for the guy to take. And apparently he passed out after shatting his pants and peeing all down his legs. So, the moral is there don't break into places but he also sent us a um, I think I was talking about body parts and uh, foreign objects in bodies which I haven't really researched yet right. but did you see the video that he sent us no I couldn't look at it <laughs> he, but I've he seen said, I've seen those things he sent us a video now I took one for the team on this <laughs> it is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It is gross. At least he was upfront about it. Oh, he he spoiled it. He warned warned us many times. <laughs> he said, "You can't unwatch it. It will be in your head forever." And my God, it's in my head. <laughs> it's gross. Now, do I explain it or not? I'm not too sure if I do. I'll tell you what. If you want to see the uh, video, then either email me or DM me on Twitter. Because I'm not going to put this in the show notes. Because no. it is flipping gross. But it is... <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've seen as well. I don't know. It was tempting. But he he did a good job explaining it. And it was enough to make me feel like I didn't need to see it. No. Do you know, I went back to that email about three or four times. No, I don't need to see it. No, I don't need to see it. And it was like, are you sure you don't want to see this? All you have to do is click here. And <laughs> my mouse wandered over it. And it held over there for a little while. No, I don't want to see it. Oh, all right then. I'll see it. Clicked it. And I saw the fruits of some man's labor. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much for your email. <laughs> it was wonderful. There have been a couple of emails. And I know we've got a lot of them kind of floating around in to bring up and respond to at different times. But we do read them all. And we do appreciate them all. Them and the comments on the page. So yeah. please def- definitely keep sending them. Oh, we, and they we don't definitely... have to have links like that. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely read them all. Uh, I always go through them. You always go through them. If we don't respond to them, it's probably because we've read it and, oh, yeah, we'll just respond to that later because I'm rubbish at that sort of thing. So I hold my hands up. It's all me. But, yeah, I do definitely read them. And thank you very much for everything that you sent in to us. Yeah. So do we have other other news of the weird? I have take the focus off us. Yes, I have three stories here. I'll, I'll run through them pretty quickly. The first story I have is Fat for Cosmetics murder suspects are arrested in Peru. 
I'm wondering if you've heard of this story or not. Uh, um, I don't think so. Four people have been arrested in Peru on suspicion of killing dozens of people in order to oh, sell yeah. their fat and tissues to cosmetic uses in Europe. See, I, I thought at first you were talking about the uh, albino hunting. What? Have you seen that? No. And in parts of the world, African albinos, I think it is, are being hunted because in in the what's the right not witchcraft what's the correct word for for primal kind of mysticism but anyway their skin is believed to have some sort of mystic properties what so they kill them and so again rub it all over their them. bodies yeah something like that or powder it or Bloody i thought hell. that's where you're going with that witch doctory yes but no no this is about uh, a a group of uh, i can't remember 60 people i think it is no, the police are looking uh, at gangs and they reckon there's around about 60 people that have actually disappeared in Peru. And they're, they're liquidising people. God knows how they do it. I'm not too sure. I, I, I think they kill the people, then let them hang for a little while, and then maybe not melt them down, but cook them in some way that the fat is taken off the top. Ugh. And have a guess how much a litre of human fat is worth in dollars or pounds. I'm not too, I'm not too fussed. Uh, I'll Go say on. one pound, maybe $50. No, a litre. How much a litre? Oh, a litre. I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll go $50 again. <laughs> 15000 Wow. $15,000. And what do they do with it? They use as... They sell it to um, Europe, and it's used in cosmetics, in soaps and shampoos and all the stuff that makes your skin softer. We're actually rubbing... So this is the way they used to use, like they used to use whale blubber, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But it, they're using humans now, which is interesting. Obviously, they see the big fat person wandering down the road. They're like, lovely, look at all that money just walking up to me. <laughs> God. How Ugh. gross is that? Now, if they know that's going on, then how can they not shut that down? Whoever's buying and selling. I mean, how many people could really be involved? If they know it, you would think you'd just jump all over that, shut it down. I'm wondering if it goes higher up and some of the huge companies are actually using it. And they're like, well, no, you, you can't stop killing people because we need it for our products. Don't they use that's like whale? part of a... Uh... Go on, sorry. There's a name for the part of the whale they use. I forget what it's called. It's not not the blubber. There's a, there's a special well, name I, for it. The stuff they use in perfumes and all. I thought they used the blubber. Don't they use that in the um, to lubricate parts in the space shuttle? Because they, they only used uh, whale blubber or fats or oils because it doesn't freeze. Because you go into the sea, go deep down, and it, it doesn't freeze. Although there's a pressure difference, isn't there? So there'll be a huge pressure difference, but hmm. yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why you know go up to space. It's gonna be bloody cold. I thought I remembered there being a uh, one of those awful future kind of movies, like where the you know where life in the future is not all happy and jetsony, where they talked about like a, a a part of the subculture being killed for for products. Yeah, no plastics or anything like that. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I'll move on to the next story. All right. All right. A European footballer 
you probably haven't heard of him, but Robin Van Persie, he plays for Arsenal over in England. He's having placenta fluid massaged into his leg to help heal up a, um, a torn ligament in his ankle. He had a bad tackle playing a European football match. It's torn all the ligaments and they've sent him off to uh, basically a witch doctor to rub placenta in, into the foot, into the muscles, into the ligaments and hopefully it heal a lot quicker. But they're not using human placenta, they're using horse placenta. It just, that, that's gross. And it's, it's very strange that they, a lot more people are going for these witch doctory ways of healing themselves than going down the medical route. And I, I suppose it stops people having surgery. I would think it's like a pseudoscience kind of thing where someone rationalizes that, you know, in the placenta, that's very nutrient rich and it helps the quick development of, of tissue. Mm-hmm. And therefore you can, they assume they can extend that into other situations, but yeah, it, it's just very surprising that instead of having keyhole surgery or other surgery or anything like that, you know, modern medicine, and they want to go into a steam room and light candles and chant and rub horse placenta on your leg. It's very bizarre. But um, this was a little while ago. This was from middle of November, this story. And the procedure hasn't worked, surprisingly. Well, he's getting bad advice, I would say. Whoever his inner circle is, they're, they're hanging him out to dry. Mm. Imagine the smell as well. Oh, yeah. Wonder, yeah. I wonder how it comes as well. Would it just be a big kidney tray full of placenta and they rip a piece off and rub it in. <laughs> Just gross. Well, I wonder if it's that or if it's it actually is just some plain oil that supposedly has a certain concentration of you know, like it's mixed to look like a more traditional cream or medicine. Or it could be mixed with human fat. Ah, oh, see the stories are coming <laughs> together. That could be mental. Soft soap with horse placenta inside. Ugh. Getting into a gross out now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's good you didn't mention that site. Yeah. Um, last story of the day, then. Former Miss Argentina dies after bottom operation. Uh, a former Miss Argentina has died after undergoing surgery to scalp her bottom. She had uh, implants put into her bottom to make her bum more pert. I suppose, as they injected her bottom, some of the liquid went into her bloodstream. It's gone into yeah. her lung. It's gone into her brain and killed her outright. So, poor old love. I assume it's like when the breast implants go wrong. Um, it's I'm the same kind of saline leak kind of issue, or yeah, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be the same sort of thing. But wouldn't it be weird to have like a little pillow popped into your bottom? <laughs> That must be weird. The people, the things that people go through sometimes just to make themselves look a, a little bit more beautiful. Right, now, and she probably looks wonderful already, or did before, but then in the process has, has well, started yeah. to make it yeah, there's She's 38, or she was 38, and there's pictures of her on here, and, you know, she's a stunner. She's, she, you know, she's gorgeous. She's a model. What, what would you expect? Right. But she's obviously... I, I don't know. I'm coming up to that age, and I, I don't want things sagging or anything like that. And 
you know, she's. I think she might have been catching it before things get saggy, and because a lot of people do that, they they have the surgery before anything goes wrong, don't they? Just uh, so they they don't look weird when they they come out of the operation room. Yeah, but it's it's just part of you that you're fixing. So there'll be a part that's firm and a lot of sagginess around it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she she had this operation in uh, Argentina and she's died from it. Apparently last year around 50,000 plastic surgery procedures were performed in Argentina. And that's a 60% increase in 5 years. So it's it's going big guns over there at the moment. Hmm. But here endeth the news. <laughs> Of the last two weeks. Yeah, there were a couple of things. I mean, I had seen some stuff, too, that that I had uh, kind of fought away. We'll talk about, I guess, in a future episode. But, yeah, the, uh, the albino hunting was a weird one. I'm sure people send us links about that. But Yeah, I'd like to know about that. Oh, did you hear about the, um, the man who's nicking Marmite from a uh, petrol station? No. Do you have Marmite at all? I, I know, I've seen, it's like a little jar of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, do you, you ever tried it? No. What? Nope. Is no. it, I'm trying to think of what it would, it's, I always um, picture it being like a, looking like a pecan pie filling, but I don't think that's what it is. It's a um vegetable extract. Hang on, let, let me find Marmite.com, I'm sure there's something like that. This is Marmite. Alright, well I could have just typed that myself. <laughs> I've seen the jar. Yeah. Yeah. I always oh. pictured it just being something I didn't want. Yeah. Really? Oh, I love the stuff. I would be Harry. Really? Only because I have no idea what it is. But now that I see how they're depicting Henry, I don't want to be Henry. Yeah. Oh, horrid Henry's cool. Jacob likes to listen to his story. So, but yeah, they they got squeezable jars now, which I didn't know anything about, but. This guy went into a uh, a garage and he's he's nicked eighteen squeezable jars of marmite and he keeps on doing it around service stations because he absolutely loves marmite. Uh, there's there's video footage of him. It's been on Crime Stoppers. It's been on the police bulletin boards and everything. But yeah. so what do you use it for? It's marmite and cheese, marmite and cucumber, marmite and tuna. You can it's like you a dressing. Can, it's it's like peanut butter. Let's pull out that. It's a okay. spread. It's a spread. You, you have. How would I have it? I'd have. Let, let's say I'd have a French dick, and you put a slice of um, uh, margarine or butter inside there, and then put the marmite on top, and then just eat it like that. Or you can have it on toast with cheese, and you you can use it in, in a lot of things to spice a lot of stuff up. And there's a Australian version called Vegemite. You can also have Bovril, which is very similar ish. Hmm. You've got to try some Marmite. Even just Maybe. a wee bit. No, that's that's the challenge. From now on, you have to get some Marmite. Alright. <laughs> but I found that story out on Facebook. I'm actually part of the uh, the lovers of Marmite. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of Marmite on there. And it, it came up with that story on there. Apotheosis of a Bombast is brought to you by Scott Kaufman and Elton McManus. You want chili sauce with that? As far as a site goes, uh, do you do you have Hostess products like Twinkies and and stuff like that? 
I don't think Surprise. we get Twinkies over here. Oh, really? Oh. No. Well, they're they're snacks. Definitely not the healthiest snacks you could have. <laughs> but there's a big joke about uh, a Twinkie would survive a nuclear attack, and and when I was little, you know, there was Twinkie the kid. There was uh, King Don was for the little uh, round hockey puck shaped things with cream filling. Mm-hmm. And there were cut there's a little cupcake, a little chocolate crocodile. And there was Fruit Pie the Magician. And Fruit Pie the Magician, I actually have a connection to because when I would bring lunch to school growing up, I always wanted like a, a fruit pie in it, either the apple pie or the blueberry pie. Wasn't really a fan of the cherry pie. And then they have other other brands made their own little knockoffs, but there was something about the complete artificialness of these pies. No no well-made homemade pie ever tasted anything like these, but they were good. And then it actually got to the point where uh, if it were up to me, that was the only part of my lunch I would eat was the right. fruit pie. Or I sometimes you could buy lunch at school and they, back before everything got healthy, you could buy those kind of things. But someone has a website. It's called Save Fruit Pie the Magician. And what it does is it it goes back through the history of the character um, talks about some of the old comer- has some links to some of the old commercials and talks about some of the other characters in the Hostess clan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he's basically trying to, to keep Fruit Pie the Magician alive. Are these gives- totally artificial? Then there's there's no homemade. Is, is there actual fruit in this? There's fruit in it, but it doesn't have like a fruit consistency. The the blueberry was actually pretty blueberry pieish, but the apple. No, it was it was definitely like syrup. <laughs> right. Okay. But they have uh, a little place for you to, to send some feedback and try to bring back fruit pie the magician. And so I'm throwing my support behind this cause. It's a very <laughs> old site. It's an old Earthlink site, but it is still active. It was updated just earlier this year, and the link is uh, in the show notes. But it's also home. dot earthlink. dot net slash and then that little squiggle thing. Shift uh, accent. What's it called? It's tilde? Like a, is that a tilde? I don't know. It's like a little wavy thing. Yeah. When you have a Spanish N, the N-Y with a little squiggle on top, that little thing. It's like a worm. <laughs> right. Fruit pie, all one word. And that should get you to the homepage. But if you're familiar with Twinkies and, and all the Hostess products and all, it'll be familiar. If you're not, oh, well. <laughs> If you're not, I'll let you know another little project. By the time you listen to this podcast, I'll be halfway through my 20-part variation series of the my 20-part series of variations of the 12 days of Christmas. What the hell is uh, that? The blog I have. <laughs> there's a a song, 12 Days of Christmas. You know, a partridge in a pear tree yeah. on the second day. Yeah. So uh, on my little blog page that other on my blog page which is that other page.com uh, I've been putting up one version of the song a day in an embeddable player so there's uh, the Bob and Doug McKenzie version there's the 12 pains of Christmas version uh, by the time this is released uh, the Shrek version will be up there okay. now one of the chipmunks version will be up there so just in time for the holidays here <laughs> to try to get me to do something somewhat regularly, I've been releasing uh, different versions of the song, and my goal is to do 20 of them 
over a 20-day span. Yes, yes, I'm very productive, I know. <laughs> and I guess that's it for today. Yeah, that'll do me. So enjoy the holiday preparations, whatever holiday you celebrate, and I'm sure we'll be back before the end of the month. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thank you very right. much, guys. All right, thanks. Bye. Ta-da.